Do bye weeks and injuries have your fantasy football lineups looking a little bleak heading into week seven? Well, we got you covered with our start sits and sleepers. So hold on. Cheers to the weekend. And let's jump into the show. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the bunch, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never replay. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you, but they Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Right, all right, all right. It is Feel Good Friday, October 13th, and this is another edition of the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Seth Wilcock, and today we're going to talk football in a feel good fashion. No Eric today on the program, but man, is it loaded nonetheless. We are jam-packed, uh, just like if you were heading down to, to spring break and you're hiding everything in the car. You got the tequila, the weed under the spare in the back. Everyone's sitting on top of each other. We got our Thursday night football recap coming right at you here in a moment. And then Pat Fitzmorris of Fantasy Pros is going to be joining us, taking your start and sit questions here on the other side of that. And then Joey Wright of Front Yard Fantasy and Football Guys, he's going to be in with some sure things, sleepers of the week. I hope everyone had a fantastic Thursday night football game. I know I did having a lot of Travis Etienne and Christian Kirk share. So shout out to the Jaguars. Shout out to Alvin Kamara for coming in for a lot of people as well. Um, shout out to IBT family. Looks like we got Albert in the chat already. What's up, Albert? Thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. And I will say, guys... All the measurements for the channel, the website are off the charts right now. And we can't thank you guys enough for your support. It's doing the small things like subscribing to the channel, liking the videos. That really, really does help us. Um, so let us know in the chat what's going on in your life, what's going on in your fantasy life. And we can try to try to help best we can. I'm heading to Halloween party this weekend. Me and my girlfriend were going as Drake and Josh uh, fr from when they were working at the premiere, the red vest and everything. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And uh, there's something spooky about this week, I feel like, in fantasy football as well. Six teams are on a bye. Injuries are everywhere. And we need managers to start stacking wins now more than ever. So uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Let's go ahead and get to some front and center and get to the Thursday night football recap. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place? Just try to have fun. Ain't got to worry about not what it means. Come and give me another cause the night is young At least I so thought It's just in breaking news Front and center 
And boy, did we get a heater on Thursday night. This game had a little bit of everything, ending with the Jaguars winning over the Saints in New Orleans, 31-24. to The Jags now move to 5-2, and two, and the Saints, they're in a little bit of turmoil here, now 3-4 and four on the year. And we saw Derek Carr screaming at his receivers and coaches. We saw an almost comeback and Foster Moreau dropping what could have been the touchdown of the seasons for New Orleans. Um, a couple Thursday night football shout-outs from a fantasy standpoint, though. Shout out Alvin Kamara. Patient proves to be a virtue this season in leagues. If you're willing to wait on guys like Kamara, like Cooper Cup, like Jonathan Taylor, it is paying off so far for you. Kamara averaging 21.7 PPR points after 30. Yes, count them, 30 touches here in week number seven. It was a great performance from him, 12 receptions. Derek Carr still struggling at times to get the ball down the field, and Kamara is kind of the main beneficiary of that. Uh, and shout out Travis Etienne, like trust the process with this guy. I know some people coming into the season were a little bit hesitant. Tank Bigsby had some high draft capital, but what we saw out of Travis Etienne late in the season, what we saw from him in the playoffs has been nothing short of spectacular. Um, and he's turned it around in a big way after starting a season kind of, you know, on the rocks with that Liz Frank injury. And then shout out Christian Kirk last one here for me. I think now we can definitively say it is Christian Kirk over Calvin Ridley the rest of the season with ease. 18 points for Kirk, 6 for 90 and 1. And now the six straight games for him with over 14 PPR points. It's been magnificent. And Calvin Ridley is kind of suffering not from a lack of usage, but just from a lack of production. I think he's still getting his feet under him a little bit. The Saints do have some very good standout corners on both sides of the field, so I think they kept him in check. But now the fourth time that Ridley has been in single digits. So you're a little bit worried if you're a Ridley manager. You kind of have to hold him right now, hope he has a big game, and then maybe try to sell him. Um, but but uh, unfortunately, your, uh, your selling window is closed. I just want to touch on this as well for the Thursday night football recap. Then we'll get into your guys' start sick questions. So let us know in the chat how we can best help you today. Um, but Saints, rest of season outlook, man. And like, what the fuck did we think was going to happen coming into the season with New Orleans? Pete Carmichael, this is a prehistoric offense. It has been for years. Dennis Allen kind of got handed this job by his buddy, Sean Payton. And Derek Carr has always been a middling quarterback with an already concerningly low TD percentage. So I think if you have guys like Chris Olave, you're kind of stuck. You can't sell them after this performance, and you kind of just have to ride this wave. But you know, I, I think it's something to remember. Not every upgrade is an upgrade here in the offseason when it comes to quarterbacks, especially when considering the offense that Pete Carmichael is running. So it's a lot of turmoil right there, man. I would not want to be a Saints fan. I, I would not want to be a manager of a lot of these players outside of Kamara. But you kind of just have to sit tight with them, hope for better days. Sorry, that's not the you know the, the best feel good vibes heading into this feel good Friday. Um, but but either way, uh, good luck to you out there, Saint managers. And let's go ahead, let's get to your questions here in our next segment: matchup management. Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it gonna be? 
matchup management, who's it going to be, and to, to tell you who it's going to be, we are joined by a fantastic human being. He's the managing editor over at Betting Pros, Fantasy Pros. He's a Milwaukee native living behind enemy lines over there in Chicago who knows how to throw a few back. What's up, Pat Fitzmorris? Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Seth. Great to be joining you and uh, rolling into this weekend. Can't wait to watch some football, some college football tomorrow. I don't I don't suppose there are any games on the slate that interest you at all tomorrow. Ooh. No, I, I will. I will say this. I am going to bed. I'm not stepping on any cracks in the sidewalk. No black cats around. I'm trying to get all the good luck I can because Columbus has not been a very friendly place to my Penn State Nittany Lions over the years. Yeah, uh, true. Hopefully, hopefully they can get off the schneid. Like this is not the typically, uh, you know, machine like Ohio State team. I think that we've seen in past yeah. years. So uh, maybe the Nittany Lions have a chance here. Hey, I will take your word for it, Pat. How's the season been for you over at Fantasy Pros, Betting Pros? I know you guys are staying busy. A lot of great content coming from you guys. Yeah, thanks, Seth. Um, it's been going well, you know, like the ups and downs with, yeah. with betting. A lot of downs with betting lately. Uh, the fantasy's been pretty good for the most part. Like, you know, some good leagues, some bad leagues. But uh, lately, things seem like they've been on a little bit of an upswing. So, um, yeah, we had kind of a, a fun but weird game. I, I heard you recapping some of it last night. Um, you know what? And I, I would say that like, I'm still pretty high on Olave. Okay. Um, okay. You know, like he, he had what, like 15 targets last night. I know he only caught seven of them and there was the miscommunication with Carr on the, the deep route that yeah. Olave didn't finish, but, um, like he's only had the one disastrous game. Yeah. And then like another game where he got the touchdown deodorant that kind of bailed him out of a disastrous game. But other than that, like last night was usable, the, the one TD you know, where he only had two catches or whatever that was usable. And then he said three pretty high volume games. So like, I, I still think despite Michael Thomas staying healthy unexpectedly, mm -hmm. despite yeah, yeah. Rashid Shahid being uh, a pleasant surprise, like I still yeah. think Olave is a guy you want to start. And like, I'm starting confidently in, in the leagues where I have him. I 100% think that that's still, you know, the mode of operation. It has to be with Olave. I just worry that he's not ever going to return that, you know, late round two, early round three draft capital. I think those days are past. Do you still view him in that light if we are redrafting today, Pat? Is he still a top 25, top 30 player for you? Yeah, um, that's it. And I I did like in the leagues where I got him, it was always around that two, three yeah. turn. So I think probably if we're redrafting today, he's more like in the, the three, four turn, I would say. Okay. Okay. I, I'm glad that there's some optimism there. Cause I think I, I've been down on the saints from beginning. And then after what we saw last night, I, I just keep kind of going down that hole. And there were positives at time, man. I, it's just, this offense drives me crazy. I, I don't love the remarks we, we hear out of the coaches and I, I'm good on Pete Carmichael. Miss me there. Yeah. I mean, and it's, uh, at least we can, uh, be grateful that Alvin Kamara has gone back to his <laughs> yeah. Drew Brees era use. He's actually exceeding Drew Brees era usage for like targets and receptions a game. Um, like that's kind of it. And he doesn't really run the ball consistently um, in an effective way. But if you are getting that sort of target volume from Alvin Kamara, you are not complaining about anything like that's what we want. And that's what we're getting. To me, he's a sit it and forget it, locked and loaded, oh, yeah. running back one rest of season. There's not a whole lot more running backs I think I would rather have over Kamara at this point, which it seems crazy given his age, giving the offense, but he's a special player and he's continuing to prove it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the guy he was sharing a field with last night is one of the few I think I would rather have than Kamara, yeah. but there aren't many. Yeah. 
Yes, 100%. Let's talk about, about some some Week 7 games here coming up, Pat. It is a really fun slate. Um, some interesting games. Sunday night football is going to be really fun. I, I think some of these earlier games are going to have a little bit of fancy goodness, hopefully. Um, I want to start with the Chiefs wide receivers, though. It's kind of been the hot topic here at IBT this week. Seeing a lot of Kadarius Tony in lineups right now. His start percentage, I think, is way higher than it needs to be for a guy who... Look, the volume's been there, but the production just hasn't been for him, man. 12 targets over the past two weeks, just 35 yards from them. It's a glorious matchup against the Chargers. What What is just your pulse on Kadarius Tony before we look at the, the other side of the field here uh, with the other Chiefs wide receivers? Not great for the reasons you laid out, Seth, that his yards per target and yards per route run metrics are so bleak. Um, it, that's kind of it. Like um, You would think with Patrick Mahomes... Uh, that that he would be the skeleton key to unlocking the talent of you know mediocre wide receivers, but Kadarius Tony, a, a guy who, you know, this extraordinary athlete, this super twitchy guy that we got really excited about when we first caught the glimpse of it um, with the Giants, and like I don't know, we're just not getting much of that. I mean, it's gotten a little better since that disastrous opening night where he he dropped everything and yeah. We fumble, but um, still, like it, it's just not a guy you can start confidently. The um, quality of the targets is poor. They're generally close mm -hmm. to the scrimmage. They're hoping he can just do something after the catch. Basically, touchdown or bust. I think for Kadarius Tony, two hundredth in expected points added this season. That that's one of the shocking stats for his, his uh, overall efficiency this season. Pat, what about Rashi Rice, the rookie? He is someone. I've been stashing in a lot of lineups or a lot of rosters, and I'm thinking I'm finally going to fire him up this week. It's been consistent, man. At least 10.9 PPR points in four out of his six games this season. We know the Chargers secondary. It's kind of cheeks. Uh, JC Jackson walks out the door a couple weeks ago, kind of adds to that mess there. And the Chargers are a team. They allow the ninth most yards after the catch. What does Rice do? He loves to provide some yards after catch ability and then the fourth most red zone targets this season for the chargers as well to the position so rice he's good in the red zone he's good at yak any interest in firing up the rookie out of smu yeah so i mean i think rasheed rice and marvin mims are uh ahead of the class as far as guys we feel are being underutilized and and really want to see more of and rice already leads chiefs receivers with what 28 targets and, and 21 catches 245 receiving yards Patrick Mahomes has a passer rating of 110 on throws to uh, wow. Rasheed Rice. Everyone else, uh, 91 on throws <laughs> yeah. to MVS, 78.7 on throws to Justin Watson, 70.7 on throws to our guy Kadarius Tony, and 67.4 uh, to Justin Ross, 50.8 on throws to Sky Moore. So um, obviously, like he's conducting business most successfully with Rasheed Rice. Trouble is, he has played a 38% snap share. 38%. And like the Chiefs use this maddening committee where they truly rotate <laughs> yes. five or six guys in an almost equal basis. Um, and, and then Seth just like they signed Nicole Hardman this week, which is just like yeah. cue the Jim Carrey, oh, come on, Jeff. Like <laughs> that's just like, come on, man. Just play Rasheed Rice. Give, give this guy even a steady 65% snap share. And I think we'd be happy with the outcome. I think he'd be like a weekly wide receiver three. 
Yeah, I, I'm totally with you, man. It, we're finally starting to see it creep up around 50% of the snaps for Rice, but it's not on a consist- consistent basis by any means right now. Um, so for me, he's like a high-end flex play. I, I think he has some upside, um, but the, the floor is still low for a guy who, who might only see two two to five targets in this game. So something to keep in mind there. Um, want to get to a couple questions here in the chat, Pat. Uh, first one's here from Katie. She needs a play if Fields doesn't go. Waivers did not fall in her favor. She's looking at Deshaun Watson or Joshua Dobbs. Your thoughts here? Uh, looks like we might see some Deshaun Watson finally practicing in full a little bit. Um, and Josh Dobbs, just he had a couple spikes games earlier this season, just hasn't been the same since. Yeah, I was uh, looking at Twitter right before I came on with you, Seth, and I saw, I think it was Mary Kay Cabot, the longtime Browns beat reporter, said um, it sounds, by all accounts, like uh, it's going to be a go for Watson. Wow, okay. So um, I I think I would be more apt to play him with um, the good matchup against the Colts, whose, whose cornerbacks are pretty dicey. And, um, you know, like you're going to get a little bit of running with Deshaun Watson. You'll get that with Joshua Dobbs, too. And I, I like the fact that they're actually doing some design runs with Dobbs. But as you just referred to, Seth, like as, as a passer, the carriage is kind of turned back into a pumpkin with uh, Joshua Dobbs here. I think he he's completed yeah. fewer than 50 percent of his throws in the last two weeks and averaged like five point five yards per target. So, um yeah, like you just can't count on him doing anything for you in the passing game, even in a favorable matchup against the Seahawks. So I would I would lean Watson here. And I think a big piece of the puzzle we're not talking about a ton with the Cardinals. James Conner moved a lot of the chains for that for that team. And now he's out of the picture. And I think it's just overall regressing the offense a little bit. And we're going to see that here on Sunday uh, versus the Seahawks. Here's one from George. Hey, guys, on my own six team, there's Tua, CMC, Kenneth Walker, Cup, Olave, Goddard, and Flex is James Cook. Wow, it's a great 0-6 team, my guy. 6-0. and uh, Oh, six, six and oh, six. apologies. <laughs> totally read that one wrong. Um, should I trade Cook for Waddle and should I start Zach Evans instead of CMC? I was about to say, George, that's a damn good team to be 0 and 6. Um, what's your initial read here, Pat? How do you value Cook versus Waddle? It's kind of been a disappointing season for Waddle, um, but Cook is up and down here in Buffalo. It has been. And uh, I would just, I, like, I think in a vacuum, you're trying to. Um, you know, worry less about balance. This guy's team is really good. And um, I think I would rather take the talent upgrade with Jalen Waddle. I just think he's a more valuable piece. And and we know he's going to have to do it on fewer targets than some of the other top level wide receivers because Tyreek Hill is such a target hog. And last year, Jalen Waddle's efficiency was through the roof, which allowed him to, yeah. you know, sneak into back end wide receiver one status. Um, probably unsustainable level of efficiency, but like Waddle is still a rock solid number wide receiver two. Um, maybe a little more variance than mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. wide receivers, but like the guy can score from anywhere on the field. So um, he, he definitely adds firepower to an already really strong team. As far as the CMC Evans thing, man, like. I don't want to play Evans. I I just don't like we could see Royce Freeman on the passing downs. I mean, way back in 2019, Royce Freeman did have a 43 catch season for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, Um, we we could see Miles Gaskin or Daryl Henderson. We don't know about that. Like I, I, I have Zach Evans 
ranked like running back 29 this week, and I'm actually rolling with him in a few lineups, but I'm oh. not feeling good about it. I would basically like see where we're at on Sunday morning before lineup lock at 1 p.m. Eastern. And if there's any ray of hope uh, in the reports from, you know, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, that CMC might play, I think I'd just put him in there. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. And the interesting thing about Los Angeles right now is we have Gaskins coming over from that Kevin O'Connell system in Minnesota. So it's a similar, similar style of offense. I think he can pick it up quickly. And Daryl Henderson, I don't know what the hell happened last year, how he ended up getting cut after having a couple good seasons with the Rams, but he knows this system better than anyone as well. So the water is muddy with, with Zach Evans. Oh, and I know opportunity is everything in fantasy, but this is still a guy who got beat out twice in college, tried to transfer to Old Miss, got beat out by uh, a true freshman last season. So something to consider. Uh, I, I don't love the profile for Evans in general, a former five-star recruit, but I just think we need to be cautious here this week if we're going to fire him up. It, it, you know, first game is a potential maybe starter. Yeah, and you alluded to it, Seth. Like ever since Todd Gurley's career was done, like it has been nothing but sleight of hand from Sean McVay yeah. with the Rams' backfield. Like you can't trust anything you see. I mean, I've like gotten suckered into Cam Akers on multiple occasions, and and that has not worked out very well for me. Yeah, I, I'm with you there, man. I, I finally, uh, I'm going to blame Matt Donnelly for this. He came on the program this summer and he talked me into Cam Akers. I started drafting oh. him a couple of places and yeah, absolutely burned me. Uh, love you. Anyways, Matt, uh, here's a question from Smokey the Cat. What's up, guys? Drop Muth, who to stream? Gerald Everett, Dawson Knox, Kate Auden, Hunter Henry, or Zach Ertz? I'll tell you this right now, Pat. I'm not going back to Kate Auden. I tried to roll him out a couple times last week. It was a very advantageous matchup. This is some muddy waters, though, in general. Ertz's snap share is going down a little bit. Gerald Everett hasn't been who we thought he could be. Any love for, for this just okay group of tight ends? Yeah, we've uh, Ertz got out snapped by Trey McBride for the first time last week, and Ertz was kind of a catch and fall down guy anyway. Um, yeah. it, it seems like Mike Gesicki might be gaining on Hunter Henry with yep. the tight end usage in New England with you on Kate Otten and now Dalton Kincaid. It looks like he's going to be back. So that makes the, you know, not exactly terra firma with Knox. I kind of think Everett is the play here. And part okay. of that is because we saw Quentin Johnston fall on his face against the Cowboys. And like, I think QJ not performing and uh, sort of disincentivizing the Chargers to go with three wide receiver sets. I think we might see more of, of Everett being involved in the passing game. I mean, we saw in that touchdown, like that was kind of a, a designed trickeration play with like Everett going in motion mm -hmm. and then getting wide open into the end zone. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I, I think Quentin Johnston's failure probably like most people see Josh Palmer as the most direct beneficiary. I think it might be Gerald Everett. That's a good thought, man. And man, has it been disappointing to see QJ just not I step know. up when he's needed. I mean, I, I think we all kind of knew he was a little bit of a raw prospect coming out of TCU last season. But yeah, it, it's been disappointing. He was on a couple of my waiver wires in some deep leagues today. And I I, I didn't even grab him because I, I just don't want any part of it right now. Um, here's one from Albert. Jacoby Myers or Chris Godwin, full PPR Jacoby Myers has been excellent all season long. I mean, really a sit it and forget it wide receiver two most weeks. However, it's probably going to be Brian Hoyer under center here. Um, and Chris Godwin, 
just kind of steady Eddie had a big game uh, a couple weeks ago, but it is the Atlanta secondary. Do you think we see more Godwin that they're going to have to throw in on the inside a little bit with AJ Terrell on the outside? Yeah, that's kind of it, Seth. That's what I'm thinking. Like uh, a better week maybe for Godwin than for Evans with uh, as far as the matchups go. And and that's it. Like I just M- Myers has had great chemistry with Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. like undeniably great chemistry. Like, do we see that with either Aiden O'Connell or, or Brian Hoyer? Yeah. Like I'm I'm hesitant to think that. And I, I still think like Devontae Adams is a must start, even though the targets have been down. But like he's now he's complaining about the lack of targets the last couple of weeks. He might get the squeaky wheel usage this week. Um, so I just I mean, I, I bet the under on uh, Jacoby Myers for like 51 or 49 okay. and a half yards or something like that last night. Um, I, I'm just not optimistic that these backup quarterbacks can unlock him the way Jimmy Garoppolo has so far. I'm with you there, Pat. Here is one from KJ. Two questions. Any confirmation if Evans will start on Sunday? We just kind of touched on that a little bit, KJ, on our thoughts on on Zach Evans. And neither one of us have a ton of optimism, but if you have to hold your nose and play him, I I guess you do. But Roshan Johnson, I believe he was back at practice here today, Pat. So some good news for Chicago. Any interest in firing up the rookie out of Texas if, if he is back and ready to roll on Sunday? Yeah, if he plays, I think I would play Roshan. Um, and really good news that he is back. I mean, Friday is the key thing. He hadn't practiced Thursday. I don't know if he's technically cleared concussion protocol, mm-hmm. but him being back is probably a pretty good sign that he will be good to go. So um, I'm I'm going to have him ranked ahead of Zach Evans. I just think his place, um, his usage is a little more secure. And the matchup against the Raiders is a pretty good one. Like Roshan's a power back. And we saw A.J. Dillon have some success two weeks ago on Monday night. Granted, Aaron Jones was out of the lineup for the Packers, but A.J. Dillon had looked terrible for the first four weeks of the season. And he actually looked pretty good against the Raiders. So um, maybe the Raiders just have issues with stopping power backs. Um, I I think Foreman will be involved, but I think Roshan probably has a more secure workload if he plays than does Zach Evans. And I think the interesting thing about Tyson Bajant this week, if he is is going to be the guy for the Bears, he's probably liable to ch- chuck it down to the running backs quite a bit. I, I don't see him. I mean, he went to the Chicago offensive uh, coaches this week and said, like, don't change anything. I can run this full offense, which is great. I love the confidence from the guy, but I, I still think there'll be a lot of check down. So Roshan could be the benefit. Um, how do you feel about Bajan in general? Like, do you think he can hold up? All I'll say, Pat, is I saw this guy a lot in college. Uh, he was a D2 quarterback, came to IUP in the Final Four a couple times and just absolutely trashed my, my, my Crimson Hawks. He, he was really, really good at Shepard, and, he, and he's earned himself a, a really nice starting spot here potentially on Sunday. Yeah, the Shepard University product. Um, small sample size in his first game, like 14 pass attempts. He was under six yards at per attempt um, through an interception. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not wildly optimistic about an undrafted free agent rookie quarterback. I, I just can't be like may He seems like he's got a great attitude. Seems like he's yeah. more skilled and maybe there's more of a, a hope that he can eventually develop into, you know, if not just a career backup, maybe a guy who could eventually like warrant consideration yeah. for as like a low level starter kind of, uh, Baker Mayfield status where he's either the, the starter you don't feel good about or the backup you feel great about. Maybe that's probably the, the ceiling for, for Tyson Bajant. But um, yeah, I'm just like not 
excited to play any of the Bears pass catchers. Even DJ Moore, I'm a little worried about this week with with Bajent. The over-under for this game is 37 and a half, so it tells you what Vegas thinks a little bit about it. Yes. Uh, two point, two and a half points, though. That The Bears are, you know, any interest in embedding the Bears uh, as the underdog in this one, or are you just staying clear of, of this, you know, what could be a, a battle of backup quarterbacks games from a betting point of view? I got him with three points earlier in the week, Seth. Uh, give okay. me the home in a battle of backup quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, sure, I'll take the home dog. All right. Your Chicago friends are going to buy you beer this weekend after that's right. that, Pat. That's right. I'm pandering. <laughs> we'll get to a couple more here, Pat, and then get you out of here. Uh, JSN Atwell or Tony. Wow. This one is uh, yeah. this one is hard for me. I, I think just seeing it gun to the head, I'd probably roll Atwell. I, I love my Steelers, but their secondary just hasn't been on point this season. Patrick Peterson is not the guy. Um, it is what I think we're learning out there. So I think I'd probably roll Atwell. Um, any interest for you? I know JSN has a great matchup on paper. I'm really close between the two of them. And obviously like DK Metcalf status would be the key. Like if okay. Metcalf, if there was any concern about him actually playing or whatever, if or if he's out, then for sure, it's a, a no brainer with JSN. Um, as it is, I, I think, you know, Tony is a no go. I think it's basically like a coin flip between JSN and Atwell. I'll, I'll let you break that, Seth. I know uh, you yeah. have insight into the Steelers in their pass defense, but the other point in in Atwell's favor uh, with that Rams running game, do we really think like the the Rams are going to lean on that running game at no. all with, with the lack of talent in that backfield now? And as it is, Stafford is averaging thirty seven point three pass attempts per game, and that was even with. 24 last week when they just decided to let yeah. Kyron Williams salt it away in the second half. Um, like he's had at least 33 pass attempts in every other game except last week's game. So, yeah. uh, you know, even though the majority of the targets are going to cup and then the spillover to Puka, like there might still be enough room for Atwell to pop and, you know, get five or six targets. And the guys, a, he's a big play guy. I'm with you there, Pat. I'm actually staring down in a couple of leagues. Do I start Geno Smith or Stafford? Consensus rankings is telling me to go Geno, but I, I'm kind of with you. I think we could see Stafford chuck the ball 40 to 50 times in this game. Yeah, I've got both. I've got like Geno QB8 and Stafford okay. QB9, I think. They're, they're right next to each other. Okay, awesome. Last question before we get you out of here, Pat. Got offered a trade where I receive Hawkinson, Rashad White, and Jordan Love, and I give up Sam Laporta, Tyler Algier, and Kyler Murray. Full PPR, super flex. Do I accept his other quarterbacks are Hurts and how? So a lot to take in right there. Um, he's, he's getting Hawkinson, Rashad White, and Jordan Love. So some nice players giving up kind of a, a bag of mystery outside of Laporta, it seems like. Yeah, that is a, a bag of mystery. I mean, Algier, starry upside if anything were to ever happen to Bijan, but otherwise, you know, barely usable. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's maybe a slight, I'd feel slightly better about Hawkinson than Laporta going Agreed. forward. Um, definitely better about Rashad White, even though he hasn't been great. He's at yeah. least, he's averaging 17.2 touches a game. Like the, the volume is worth something. I think I'd take it just because I, I don't think post ACL that Kyler is going to have the sort of scoring potential that he has always had. Yep. I, like, I just don't think he's going to run as aggressively. 
Yeah, 25% of Kyler Murray's points last season came from his rushing ability. If you take that way, that away, he's kind of just in that like Trevor Lawrence tier. Uh, and that's, I think, his upside this season. So uh, I'm with you there, Pat. I'm smashing this one and uh, taking Hawkinson, Rashad White, and Jordan Love there, Evan. Um, Pat, we can't thank you enough for, for joining us here today. Can you tell us how we can best support you rest of season, uh, you and your whole team over there at Fantasy Pros Betting Pros? Yeah, always great to catch up with you, Seth. Hope you have a great weekend and hope uh, Saturday goes well for you, for you in the big game. Um, people should just go to fantasypros.com. We've got articles posting, as you know, Seth, uh, lots of articles posting every day. Yes. You can follow me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF and be sure to check out the Fantasy Pros football podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you, Pat. We will talk to you soon. And guys, hang around. We're going to jump into some sure thing sleepers here right after the drop. It's the short thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, it is the sure thing, sleepers <laughs> of the week. And guys, we are joined by the community ambassador of football, guys. He's a fantasy analyst with Front Yard Fantasy. He's a breath of fresh air in this space and a walking red box machine. He's Joey Wright. Uh, What's up, Joey? How are we doing today, man? Walking red box machine. I absolutely love that. I've never been described as that, but it's uh, very apt. Um, dude, I'm really relaxed. That little, the drop, just like relaxed me. I lived at a beach for three years. I lived in Cocoa Beach. Oh. And like, I kind of went back there for a minute. I was just like, oh man, this is really chill. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm glad, glad to hear it, man. I, I've always like low key wanted to live at a beach and I always thought, you know, it'd be fun. I, but I think I would get in way too much trouble when the sun is always shining, the waves are always rolling in and I'm a little worried about hurricanes as well. So your experience <laughs> living at the beach, how was that? Um, I did it from the time I was 22 till 24. I worked at a fish market. Um, and I'll just say I had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I definitely lived up the beach town, uh, atmosphere. Yeah. For three years and then i was ready to be a big boy and move back to the city and get married and have a family so <laughs> i love it man uh joey i know we have to get you out i know you have your show here at 3 p.m over on front yeah. yard fantasy um but i do want to get a couple questions in the chat yeah. if that's okay with do you it. real quick oh man that's i love it my favorite thing to do let's talk to people awesome here we go uh here's one from kj uh did the rams draft evans just as a flyer pick or did they see something in him that fits their system KJ, I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier on the show with Pat, but this is a guy, five-star recruit coming out of high school and just got beat out at TCU, transferred. Uh, he was he was splitting time with Mercado and Kendra Miller there, goes down to Ole Miss, gets beat out by a redshirt freshman. So I think the the, the magic kind of wore off of Zach Evans as, as it went along here, Joey. So I think it was more of a flyer they took on him, uh, more than a true fit for their system. Your thoughts? I, I agree. As far as like this week as a play between him and Royce Freeman, it's been since 2019 since Royce Freeman strung together two PPR double digit uh, games. Yeah, so I would kind of be off Royce Freeman. I'm I'm willing to see what we've got in Evans, to be honest with you. OK, um, Evan here, he has three tight ends, Logan Thomas, Fryermuth, and Janu. Uh, he knows Muth is out, but who do I start this week and how do you rank these three rest of season need one? Talk about a heartbreaker for, for Steelers fans, for Pat Fryermuth managers. Looks like he re-aggravated that hamstring injury this week in practice, Joey. So it could be a while before we see Muth. I think he's droppable, even though uh, my Steelers fan uh, fandom hurts for, for saying that, that the jersey in my closet hurts. But I think he's probably who I'm dropping. 
Um, your thoughts on that and who you're starting this week? Yeah, it'd be Logos Thomas for me. I know John has been getting a little bit of work, but I yeah. just can't see that continuing much longer. And Eric Bieniemy is kind of, I'm not going to say he's running the same offense as he was <laughs> in Kansas City, but the tight ends are getting targeted, so there must be something there. So it'd be Logan Thomas for me this week and then rest of the season. Um, I, I, I'm with you on Fryermuth. I absolutely love um, Pat Fryermuth. I gave him the nickname Pat Fryer Tuck a couple <laughs> years ago. He's just super fun, and I hope he's back uh, really healthy next year. Hopefully the rest of the season, you know, I'll come back after next week. But, yeah, I'd like to see him back out there. Okay. And should he pick up Michael Mayer on waivers over these guys? I do like Mayer, um, but I, I, I – Maybe I like him a little bit better than John who rests the season. Maybe the ceiling's higher. Um, but I don't I, I think he's still kind of in the in the same tier as Logan and John who here for me. Agreed. Yeah, I, I would rather have Michael Mayer over um John U. Smith right now and it's the rest of the season, but not Logan Thomas. Hunter, do I trade Kyron Williams for Kenneth Walker? Yes. Oh my god, I am running. Accept this, Hunter. Please like yeah. accept this. L- let us know how it turns out because you, you should be smiling for, for weeks on weeks there. Um are there any other walkers that we're not thinking of? Like that that's where my head went. Like because immediately I'm like Ken Walker, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm glad he didn't say Williams because if he said Williams, then we'd ha- have have quite a few names to get yes. through. Uh <laughs> here's one in the chat in a PPR two QB dynasty. Saquon Barkley, Jameer Gibbs, and Russell Wilson for B. John Robinson and Baker Mayfield. What side wins that trade? Wow, some pretty uh, pretty big pieces here. Joey, how, how do you lean this from a dynasty lens? Um, I'm taking my Buccaneers fandom completely out of it. Um, yeah. To quarterback, I'd probably rather have the Saquon, Jameer Gibbs side, um, especially since dynasty. I know B. John's the dynasty RB1 yeah. uh, for a lot of people, but... You know, I think Saquon still got a couple years left, and Jameer Gibbs. Like, I think this week might be the breakout for him. I mean, David Montgomery's still going to be involved the rest of the season once he's back on the field, but the future of that Lions running back room really is Jameer Gibbs. And I know Dan Campbell saying he's the change of pace back, but you don't spend a top ten pick to get a change of pace back. <laughs> we we got a a message here from Kyle saying, "Hey guys, trying to b- bring my team back to life." Well, hey, that was the YouTube description today, so you found the right place here, Joey. Uh, what do you guys think about this trade, Lamar? Ford, Madison, Michael Thomas for Swift and Tyree Kill. Yes or no? 12 man, full PPR league. Uh, he could just stream quarterbacks, no problem, uh, if he does let Lamar go. So, some good pieces he's giving up here. But I mean, man, is he getting, I think, two the two best players in this trade? Yes, he is. Uh, he didn't say two quarterback or super flex even. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so Lamar doesn't factor in as much. Still like Lamar, but yeah, I probably would rather have the Tyreek Hill side, to be honest with you. If I can get Tyreek Hill on my team, and DeAndre Swift is playing really good this year. So, yeah, I'd yeah. rather have that side. Yeah, Kyle, great, great trade for you, man. Um, mm-hmm. th- thanks for thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing, making us part of your Friday. Um, we'll hit this one and then jump into our short thing sleepers. Who should I start at Flex? Christian Watson, Rashi Rice, or Joshua Palmer? I touched on it earlier in the show, Joey. I love Rashi Rice this week. I think if there is an explosion game coming, it could be against this Charger secondary. However. Pat pointed out the snap share is still not there. The routes participation is still not there. It's so hard to bench Christian Watson because the guy's just fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, he got a touchdown his first game back and a lot of people were like, Oh, he doesn't look good. It's like, yeah. Touchdown his first game back. Like <laughs> let's, let's cut him some slack. It's Christian Watson for me. Um, I earlier this season, I thought Rishi Rice was really going to come on and it's just been a little slower than I thought, but I think it is coming. I think the days of, um, 
I almost said Pat Fryermuth, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, uh, <laughs> slinging the ball to 25 different receivers. I think are kind of coming to an end, and I think he's going to focus in on Kelsey and maybe one or two other guys instead of like six others. Okay, awesome. Well, let's get yeah. to our sure thing sleepers of the week yeah. here, jo- Joey. This is one of my favorite segments on the show. We've been doing it for years, and basically what we're looking for here is a wide receiver or running back ranked outside the top 30 who can hit that double-digit PPR mark or a a tight end or a quarterback ranked outside the top 15 that can finish inside that top 15. So who do you have for us here, Joey, uh, with your inaugural sure thing sleeper of the week? This is my inaugural one. We just talked about Christian Watson a little bit. I want to talk about his teammate, Romeo Dobbs, current wide receiver 37 ranked uh, for the week, 64th overall player, uh, according to Fantasy Pros consensus rankings. Hey, Pat, how are you doing? Uh, (laughs) I think the low ranking of 37th overall has to do with that one catch four yard performance he had in week five he has a lot to do with that because prior to that 18.3 ppr fantasy points in three of his first four games at least 18.3 he is just a target machine in this packers offense i don't think jordan love wants to throw it downfield too much and when he wants to watson will be there but until then there's gonna be short area targets like a returning aaron jones but i think romeo dubs is going to be kind of the chris godwin in this offense lots of receptions maybe not a ton of yardage Mm -hmm. but in ppr leagues he's a slam dunk for me I like it, man. And I I think against Denver, this is going to be very interesting. Packers coming off their bye week. How do they choose to attack it? Because this is a Denver defense. Their front seven, pretty garbage. You can run right through them. But A.J. Dillon been a pretty atrocious. Aaron Jones still not 100% as well. So I think Romeo Dobbs here in the short area usage could could have some, some upside. So I like this play a lot. Any any uh, any interest in other pass catchers we haven't mentioned? I, I've been seeing a little bit of love for, for Packers out there. Luke Musgrave, the Jaden Reeds of the world. Any interest in either of them? Obviously not as much as Dobbs, but a, a, are they on your radar at least? Oh, I love Luke Musgrave's in this offense. I, okay. I think that the Packers have figured out what the Saints need to. Don't throw it downfield. You've got a quarterback that yeah. maybe the arm strength isn't completely there. Do what you're good at. And with Aaron Jones coming back, I just think this offense is going to completely unlock. And that's why I think Romeo Dubs, you know, Luke Musgrave is a big part of this to uh, find success for the Packers this year. This is the first time I think they've been healthy as a team the mm-hmm. whole year as well. Someone's always been in and out of that lineup. So I'm excited to see what can happen there. Joey, before you get going, I'm going to throw you my uh, sure thing sleeper of the okay. week. Let's and uh, it's none other than Desmond Kelly. Ritter, baby. Desmond Kelly Ritter. And listen, I know it sounds gross. I know it's not always fun to watch, but two straight QB1 performances from him. Yes, one it was against Washington last week. Pretty shoddy secondary. But one was against Houston, averaging 38 passing attempts in the last month. And they're playing against your Buccaneers at home, Joey. So I think like the Buccaneers came out here and on paper, they looked really good against the quarterbacks earlier in the season. I think that was more against who they played. And they've allowed at least two total touchdowns to all quarterbacks they've played except Derek Carr with that bum shoulder first week back. So I, I think this secondary is going to struggle a little bit for Tampa Bay, keeping up with London Pitts, John and the boys. Your thoughts on Ritter? All I'm looking for is a top 15 performance. Can he get there in your eyes? I think he can. Ritter is the kind of quarterback that beats the Bucks. If you've got like a Trevor Lawrence or you've got a Justin Herbert, like the Bucks can kind of contain them a little bit. But when it comes to these like running quarterbacks that are a little unpredictable, play a little more athletic style, like the Bucks just don't know what to do. Um, so I actually really like this call um, in a DF from a DFS play. I think this is a really sneaky, great play. 
There we go. We got uh, Trash saying, I think she was referring to the walking red box reference yeah. saying, great description. <laughs> uh, we got Scott Fish in the chat saying, Ritter was my sleeper streamer on Chris Harris's show on Tuesday. Great mind, Seth. Love it. Uh, it's a bit gross, but could hit. Yeah. Like, you don't want to watch this game. Like, this is one of, you know, I, I have the YouTube TV where I can get a bunch of the different games going. I don't want this in my square. I don't want this in my off <laughs> box, my quad box, uh, whatever kind of box I'm ripping. Um, but, but I think Ritter could be one of those. You check your fantasy scores after. You're delightfully surprised there. Um, so, Joey, tell us how we can find you and best support you the rest of the season. And thanks so much, man, for, for not only the energy you bring to this show, but the energy you bring to this community, man. You're always just oh, thank you. so ready to go, and I appreciate that. I loved um, the conversation we got to have in Canton on the porch of what's the yes. name of that uh, karaoke? Jose's thing? Landing, baby. Jose's, uh, Jose's Landing. Yeah, we got to have a great conversation this year, which is tough at Expo to actually yeah. get like a good 15 minutes with someone to talk about like what's going on. And I'm um, happy to see everything you guys are doing here. And um, yeah, so you can find me over at Football Guys. You can find me at Front Yard Fantasy. Uh, you can find me on X or Twitter, whatever we're calling it this week, at the Joey Wright. Um, but yeah, I'm out there spreading good vibes and uh, answering start sick questions, whatever you want. Just, you know, send me a message. I'll, I'll have you to answer movie questions too. go yes. see killers of the flower moon. Everyone. It's amazing. I saw it last night. So, okay. Glad to yep. hear that. I was intrigued a little bit. So Joey, thank you so much for joining us, man. Have a great rest of your afternoon and we'll talk to you soon. Make sure you guys are going over there. Front yard fancy on YouTube and uh, subscribing to them, supporting what they got going on. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Um, Eric will be back on Tuesday with us. We're going to have a loaded show then, and we're always live on Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern time as well. So really appreciate the support. Easiest way you can you can help us continue to grow over here in between media is, one, subscribe to the channel. Give this video a thumbs up. Let your friends, let your mama, let your grandma know about us. And uh, head over to the website, inbetweenmedia.com. We have so much good content out there, fantasy football, betting advice, NASCAR still going on, PGA, some of our other sports we cover here, and also so, some entertainment and lifestyle content. Uh, just wrote a fun column yesterday about getting in a, a drag race with an Amish buggy on feet. I won. Uh, so, so that was kind of cool. You can check out that column. Make sure you're checking out everything we have here um, at In Between Media. And we'll catch you guys next time. Until then, you know what to do. Keep in between.